Thank you. Good scriptures. The Word of God is so powerful and so important to us. And it's good to hear it, just listen to it, and to stay close to it. Well, we're going to move now to our fourth area doctrine on our list of 12 that uh, we have charted out. And the fourth area after the spirit world that we just talked about is then the doctrine of creation, where everything came from. And so let's go to God's word on that. And this is a question God answers in the very first verse of the Bible, Genesis 1.1. The first verse of the Bible answers a very important question of where everything came from. And it starts with the word, in the beginning, which, by the way, is the basis of the name of the book. A lot of the Old Testament books are named for the very first word that occurs in the book. And that's its name. And so here in Genesis, Genesis is a, probably a Latin or Latin word probably. Genesis means beginnings. And the Hebrew word is different, which I don't recall. But it's, it, that's the concept here that's the name of the book, the book of beginnings. And that's how God starts off. In the beginning, this is what happened. God created the heavens and the earth. And so right at the beginning, God answers a very important question of origins. Where did everything come from? Where was the beginning and how did the beginning happen? And the short answer to it is it's God. God created everything and then in chapter 1 he proceeds to tell us how he did that through six days of creation. And in those six days, he creates an environment for life to exist on the earth, one planet in all of the billions of the universe, one planet where he would make it inhabitable for life. And that's what happens in the six days. He, he first makes uh, an earth covered with water, which is uh, essential for life, and he makes a habitat of water. He then makes an atmosphere around that of air, and that becomes a second environment for life. And then he separates the dry land from the, the water and makes the dry land, which is the third. The land is the third environment for life to exist. And so he makes those three <coughs> in the first three days. And then after that, in the next three days, then he makes life to be in each one of those areas. He makes birds to be in the air and first fish in the water and then birds in the fly in the air. And then on the sixth day, he makes animals to live on the land. And then the last thing he does and the climax of his work is to make human beings to, to be on the land. And the human beings then are given authority to rule over all the creation that God had made. And with human beings, God put in, in them his spirit, which set them apart 
from the animals and all the other creatures. And so that's God's word on how things were created in the beginning, in six, in the indication to straightforward languages, 24-hour days, because it, after each day it says the evening and the morning were the first day. There was darkness first, and then there was light. Evening and morning makes up the first day, a 24-hour day. And that's how life is today. We start with a evening time, even though our normal thinking typically is, oh, we start in the morning, that's when we start our day, but the day actually starts with an evening time. For us, in our Western world, we start counting that at 12 midnight, but in the biblical times, and God directed Israel to begin that starting at 6 p.m., and if that began the evening time, it went till 6 in the morning, and that began the morning. And so you have 12 hours of evening and 12 hours of morning, day, and that makes up the 24 hours. That's the biblical day that we have here and that God directed the Israelites in. This is what we see happen. This is the way the world is today. This is the way the world operates. And um, we're going to look at different aspects of the creation in the next few weeks. But a thing I want to bring out over and over and stress is the way things are today are by and large the way they were at the beginning. There is a direct correlation. The way things were started is the way things operate today, by and large. There's some a little exceptions for that with the flood, when it changed the environment, it changed lifespans. I believe it is what resulted in the extinction of the dinosaurs. But by and large, the way God set up creation to operate at the beginning is the way it operates today. And that's what we see here is there was evening and morning, a 24-hour day. That's what's presented that God created everything in six literal 24-hour days. Climax with the creation of human beings. That's the Word of God. Now opposed to that and against that is the Word of man. And I want to review what unbelieving science claims is the origins of everything. Because it's important to know what is promoted in the world because you'll be faced with this and you will deal with this repeatedly. And it also has caused Christian people to move away from what is recorded here in Genesis 1. Because they feel like that what man says in science is compelling and therefore we must reinterpret Genesis 1 in accordance with what man says. Which, by the way, is always a mistake to do that. But let's talk through those details. I'm going to present one aspect of that today. We'll probably look at it some more as we go on in the coming weeks. But man's word is that a long, long time ago, 4.6 billion years is what they say. Billion with a B. 4.6 billion years ago, they say that there was a, a very dense ball of matter that exploded. 
and the resulting explosion, which they call the Big Bang, that's, that's really scientific, by the way, the Big Bang resulted in all of the galaxies that we see out there, all the planets and stars that are spread over billions and billions of light years, that explosion resulted in all of that and then caused all the planets to be orbiting in their orbits in their revolution accordingly from that explosion. So 4.6 billion years ago, this explosion happened. The result was all the planets and stars and the Earth. And then over the course of then of 4.6 billion years, slowly life began to form and become more complex on the earth. It started off, they say, with this single cell algae life forms that became more and more complex and developed into then fish, into then insects, into animals, into people over the course of 4.6 billion years, just gradually, slowly. And that human beings occurred about, started beginning to be formed from the monkey into humans, into this ape-like transition creature. They say that began to happen about one million years ago. So just understand the numbers here, how they're presented. 4.6 billion to 1 million. 1 million is the last 99.9% of that time frame. So just understand they're saying that people began to appear at the very tail end of all of this time period of Earth's history. They say that the evolutionary concept is that human beings occurred at the very, very far end, the very end of this 4.6 billion years. One million years is like 99.9998% of that time period. Very late, very at the tail end. So in the evolutionary thinking, Human beings are a very recent development at the end of this big cycle of life. That's their concept. And that man is the highest form and the superior form that's occurred and the, the latest form. It's very late manifestation of the evolution of life. That's man's concept. That's science's I say sci when I say science, I'm talking about the unbelieving science that claims this is truth, which is evolution. And let me bring that out, stress that, is that in public schools, in universities, in museums, this is presented as fact, as that this evolutionary process I just described, the 4.6 billion years, it's accepted as this is what's true science. This is where all the evidence points to. And this is how everything came to be. This is science. So that's why I'm calling it science. That's the preponderance of the opinion of those that claim that this is what the truth is. 
having said that, maybe, you know, it, it might not be, who knows whether it's the majority of scientists that believe this or not. I'm not sure we, we know that. Uh, they're the loudest and they have the, some of the most powerful positions and therefore they promote this as the authoritative word. And it's gotten in the textbooks, it's gotten in, you know, then the accepted views of this is what science says. But it's man's word. And that things just slowly developed more and more into then human beings resulted about a million years ago. And at about 50,000 years ago, they say, modern human beings develop like we are today. They say about 50,000 years ago, the transition ended and it was the modern Homo sapien. About 50,000 years ago that modern humans have been on the earth. And so you can see these are two very different concepts. In fact, they're very opposite in many ways. Genesis 1 says God, supernatural creator, spoke everything into existence. There's no explosion. There's no loud noise here. It's, it's just a spoken word. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And it happens quickly over six days. And I'll throw this in, in the context of the whole book of Genesis, it presents through the genealogies and so forth, it presents a recent creation of between six to, you know, some could say even up to 10,000 years if they say there's some gaps in the genealogical records, even though that's debated. But at least 6,000, 6,000 to 10,000 years ago, fairly recent time frame compared to 4.6 billion years. So totally opposite, totally opposite. One says recent, happened quickly in six days. One says long, 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 long time ago, and it happened very slowly over millions and billions of years. Now to that, to those two opposite positions, let's add, we'd have to add a third that has been happening today. Now, the theory of evolution was formulated in the late 1800s out of Charles Darwin's studies and the book he wrote, Origin of Species, 1859, I believe, is the date. And when he wrote that, then it, even though it kind of really described already theories that were being put out by scientists, he was the first one to really publish it. And it then just kind of unified everybody and it took off and was accepted as this is the word. This is, this is, the, uh, this is the scientific explanation of, of origins. And what then began to happen was Christian people then were put into a crisis of, do we accept this? The scientific word now that's opposite of the Bible? What do we do with this? Do we reject God's word and go with this? And look at all the evidence over here. What do we do? And many Christians floundered with that. Uh, many totally accepted it rejected the Bible and accepted this theory of evolution. One of them was the very author himself, Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin at that time was preparing to go to seminary, to be a minister. 
when he took his voyage one summer break to sail uh, down into South America to make this study. And after he made this study and came up with this and formulated his theory, he didn't go into ministry anymore. He turned his back on the Bible and God. He rejected God's Word because of the evidence, which is no evidence at all, as we'll get into this and see that what is alleged is the evidence and what is said to be science doesn't support the theory of evolution. It supports, the real evidence supports the biblical account of creation in Genesis. But what happened then, some people totally abandoned their faith and threw in with the atheists and, and the evolutionists. There was a third group, though, in the middle that began to be formed who said, well, this evidence is just really convincing. It seems conclusive, and it seems very powerful, and I don't have an answer for it. So many Christians began to establish a third middle ground position to say, well, God did create everything, but God used evolution to do it. That God just started everything with a, well, let's say it was a bang. God made it, everything explode. And so we can kind of be, a, you know, accept what Darwin said and the scientists say. So God made everything explode and then God ordered the process along the way and had it develop over all these billions of years, like they say. And God used evolution to bring it about. And so there was a mediating view that tried to straddle the fence and take hold of science and take still hold on the Bible in their eyes and try to do both. It's called theistic evolution. Along with that, there were some other mediating views. Some weren't totally comfortable with that. Some said, oh, we're going to tweak it a little bit. And there were two ways they tried to also take the middle road and hold on to both and try to make themselves feel a little better about it. One was called the day-age theory that said, well, when it says day one and day two, day three to day six, those aren't 24-hour days. That's really day-ages. That's long periods of time. In fact, those are the 4.6 billion years that these smart guys over here have figured out. And by the way, these smart guys over here, you know how they came up with that date 4.6 billion years ago? They made it up out of thin air. That's how smart they are. They made it up. That's all they did. They just, a guy, I believe his name was Lyle, he just made out this geological chart and he said, this, this is so long, this is so long, this is so long. He just made it up. He made it up out of his own imagination. But they were guided, though, by a thinking that this has got to be a long period of time to make, give any kind of chance, or not, it's, you really don't have a chance for it to work, but they say to make it somewhat convincing, we got to make this thing a long period of time so that people could think maybe after that long, maybe it could have happened. Maybe, you know, with enough time, things could have done this. 
That was their guiding principle. They knew they had to do that, and so they came up with this 4.6 billion years. Well, you got pastors over here and, th and uh, seminary professors, and they're looking at, oh, they say 4.6 billion, and, and then they say they've got all this evidence, and they say there was a big bang. So what do we do, guys? They said, okay, well, let's just say that day one really was 500 billion years long, or 500 million years long. And so the day-age theory came to be to say that it wasn't six 24-hour days in Genesis. It was really long periods of time, and that day just means a long period of time. And they'll say, because, you know, sometimes we use the word that way. We say, uh, in the day, in fact, chapter 2 does that, which is a legitimate use of the word, verse 4. This is the history of the heavens and the earth of the, of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now there, the word day, singular, is referring to all six days. And we use that word like that. We can refer to a day as an age. That's a legitimate use of that word, but it's always the context that determines whether it's meaning a 24-hour day or a extended period of time. And so they say, oh, so you can use the word that way. So let's just say the first day was really 500 million years old or whatever long, and the others were that long. And so we can get out to the 4.6 billion, and we can, we can agree with the smart guys over here. And so many threw in with that, the day-age theory. There was one more, and this was one that was a little more of the, the guy, a lot of the conservatives Conservatives who really held the Word of God, but they got pulled into it also. And uh, they said, oh, God, look at all this evidence over here. Look at all these billions of years. All this evidence. We went down to, we went down to this cave, and we took a tour of a cave, and, and they said, look at that stalactite. It's been dripping. And we measured how much it's been dripping, how much it erodes away. And we've calculated that this thing has been here for 500 million years based on that rate of drip. They said, okay, they said it. Look at it, it's dripping, same every time. So it, 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 Genesis must be wrong. And that's what happened over and over and over. And even very conservative Bible teachers said, well, we got to do something here. Uh, we got to get long ages in here. And what they did was called the gap theory. In between verse 1 and 2, they said there's a gap of billions of years. Don't you see it there between the period of verse 1 and start of verse 2? Can't you see billions of years there? Some, some people see it. All they did was they had to come up with billions of years, so they came up with this theory of a gap theory saying between verse 1 and 2, there was all this time where God created everything that was perfect and uh, it all got messed up and there was this past human race and all that got destroyed, and then God started over at verse 2 and remade everything. And that's what verse, where, where verse 2 picks up. And it's all just trying to bend over backwards where your back breaks just to try to throw in with the 4.6 billion years. That's all it is. But that's very popular. I mean, it was popular more back in the early 1900s. In fact, most evangelicals, C.I. Schofield was one that really jumped on the bandwagon with this. The Schofield Bible, you've heard? In the past generation, lots of people had the Schofield Bible study notes. 
and they accepted this because Schofield taught it. And they thought that was a good explanation of how we could harmonize these 4.6 billion years in the Big Bang and Genesis 1, chapter 1, called the Gap Theory. So you got all this trying to accommodate these long years of age just because the scientists say that that's what is necessary. So you have God's word, you have man's word, and it's always a mistake to put your trust in man's word over God's word. And I want to bring out one aspect of this this morning that's an example that we can be totally confident that Genesis 1 presents how everything was made and that it was made recently ago and it was made in six 24-hour days. And we can trust that and believe that and that there is credible answers for any contrary evidence, so to speak. And that the evidence over here that they look at is twisted and misused to try to produce then a necessity of 4.6 billion years. But none of that could ever work. And the one answer to that is in the details about the creation of human beings. Go, go over to the book of Mark and look at something we read just one or two Sundays ago in chapter 9 or chapter 10. This occurred to me after we looked at it, but we have an opportunity now to, uh, to bring this out at uh, this time. In chapter 10, verse 6, Jesus speaks about the creation. He's talking about, he's answering the question of marriage and divorce. And he says in verse 6, But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. And then he went on to say, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And he teaches about the, the foundation of marriage. But just notice how verse 6, Jesus comments on the creation. And he says, his wording is, from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. What Jesus just said there, who is the authority, he said that God made human beings, male and female, he made human beings at the beginning of his creation, not at the end of his creation. That speaks to this issue of how long ago it was. For only if the six days of creation were 24-hour days can Jesus' words be correct in saying that God made human beings at the beginning of His creation. If the theory of evolution is correct in its timing, human beings didn't come about until 99.98% of time had gone by at the end. At the late stage, if God used evolution, if God's description here were long ages, mankind wouldn't appear to the very end of that creation. But Jesus' words are, at the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Jesus' words match a literal reading of Genesis 1 of six 24-hour days. 
if we accept any notion of billions of years, Jesus' words aren't accurate. And this is one example where we can trust God's Word over man's Word. We don't have to take man's Word and think we have to bend over backwards to fit into it and to accommodate it. There's no reason to do that. All of that was made up. The billions of years, it was all made up. And it could not have happened that way. Another aspect is if, you know, death didn't come in until after Adam and Eve sinned, after, and when Adam sinned particularly, death came into the world, Romans tells us, Romans chapter 5. Well, if, if things had been going on for billions of years, if the days were long ages, what has to be happening? Life forms have to be dying. Human beings have to be dying. In order for all that evolution to proceed over all those slowly, over all those billions of years, to get to the modern stage. But Romans 5 tells us death didn't start until Adam was made. And so there wasn't death. If you, but if those who believe in a day-age theory and theistic evolution, gap theory, they believe there was death before Adam. That's a problem. That's contradictory to what the Bible tells us. If the theory of evolution is correct, then human beings have been reproducing for one million years, according to their numbers. One million years. Even in the transition form, they got to have offspring and enough offspring to continue life going, which means you have two parents and you have to have at least two offspring then to replace those two parents for life to continue, even just to break even. So what scientists say is theoretically, as an average, you have to have just a little more than two offspring as a average so they'll say like 2.1 is your bottom line growth rate that you got to have in order for the human life to continue to not go extinct 2.1 anything below 2.1 human life is dying out you're not having enough children to replace the two parents that are going to die in fact and just by the way we've dropped below replacement rate now in our birth rate below, I think it's like 1.8. Now talking about there's too many people on the earth. We're, we're, we're not replacing population now. It'll take some years to catch up to, for that to be manifested, but we're, that's where we're at now. Anyway, just for, so if they say life has been happening for a million years, because here we are today, so that means life had to be growing at least by 2.1 at a minimum over 1 million years. And if you calculate that out of what the population would be today, if that would have occurred, and it had to for us to still be here today, the number is impossible to have happened. If human beings were reproducing at for at least a growth rate for a million years, the population on the earth today would be a number of 10 with 2,000 zeros on it. We don't have a name for a number that big. I can't tell you a number. You know, we go billion, trillion, and it goes into all this, some of these weird words we haven't even heard about. 
and we get to a point, you don't even count. You don't have a name for a number so big. You start saying 10 to the so-so power. This is a number 10 to the 2,100 power. That means 2,100 zeros behind it. That's a number that is so large, it's impossible. You cannot have that many human beings on the earth. The earth is not big enough to have that many human beings. I was reading it, and it was like, that's almost the number of electrons in the universe. Electrons are tiny, tiny little, you know, the elements that are very, very tiny in atoms. And they're talking about, and with a million years, human population just having this minimal growth, there would be that many numbers of people produced. Humans haven't been here for a million years. It would be impossible. But if you multiply it out of what the present population is, it comes out to be about 6,000 years. Figure. Based on the growth of, you know, of population having a small growth rate. All the evidence points to a recent creation like the Bible says. The theory of evolution numbers aren't supported by reality when you really investigate them. They throw all these numbers out, they put them on a chart, they put them in textbooks, and they say, this is how it happened. And everybody looks at that and goes, oh, okay, well, they must know. Uh, sounds official. And it's all made up lies. It's man's word against God's word. And for that reason, we need, to know, we need to know the facts. We need to know how to answer these things and to talk about them. Because in the end, the theory of evolution is not about, well, there's overwhelming facts to support this. The point of the theory of evolution is they want a way to take God out of